welcome to Brave the Basement. I'm your host, the Ghoul of the Rules. Black One Jack 2 couldn't be with us today, so I will be all by myself. If you enjoy getting a little scared, ghost stories, haunted houses, a believer in the supernatural, or maybe even a skeptic wanting to look at things from a different perspective, then this is the show for you. Today's episode is sponsored by Ed's Barbershop. Ed's Barbershop is located at 210 Lane Street, North Hudson, Indiana. So if you enjoy getting your hair cut from a hometown barber with that old-fashioned feel, dial 574-896-3344 and schedule your appointment today. So since Black One Jack 2 couldn't be with us today, and we're getting really close to December, and the weather's just kind of getting ugly out there and it's getting cold, I want to do just go back to the roots and go back to some fun and do some ghost stories for you. So just sit back, get cozy, and get a little scared. Story 1, 10 Holes Once in a little village not that far from here, there was a problem. Animals had started dying off, one by one. In the morning their owners would see them lying outside with 10 holes in their chest. The people thought it was the work of their neighboring town. Then, one night a man by the name of Fred was closing his store for the night. It was very late, and he was anxious to get home to his family. He shut off all the lights, then closed the door with a satisfying click. As he turned around to go to his car he saw a dark shape in the distance. He stood still trying to make out what it was. As it got closer, Fred turned to go. It was the last move he ever made. The next day they found him with ten holes in his chest. This made the town quite worried. They were scared of more people getting killed. So one night two brave brothers, John and Jacob went out to get rid of the problem. They each took knives, and walkie-talkies. They said goodbye to their father, and kissed their grandmother on the way out. The two boys decided to split up. One would go by the site of the murder, and the other would wander the streets. If one was attacked they could use their walkie-talkie to contact the other. So they set off, keeping a close eye on the shadows. Nothing seemed to be happening. It was a calm night, and it seemed like they would get home safely. But then suddenly John heard a crackling in the bushes behind him. He tried to call his brother, but it was too late. The figure leaped out of the bushes and tackled him, gouging his chest with its nails. Luckily Jacob heard the commotion, and rushed to help him. He leaped through the air and cut off the creature's right hand. The creature screamed and ran. Jacob took John to the hospital. The doctors called them heroes, and finally they got home at six that morning. Only their grandmother was up, so they said good morning, then went back to bed. Neither of them noticed she was missing her hand. Story 2, Army of the Dead A laundress, newly moved to Charleston following the Civil War, found herself awakened at the stroke of twelve each night by the rumble of heavy wheels passing in the street. But she lived on a dead-end street, and had no explanation for the noise. Her husband would not allow her to look out the window when she heard the sounds, telling her to leave well enough alone. Finally, she asked the woman who washed out the tub next to hers. The woman said, what you are hearing is the army of the dead. They are Confederate soldiers who died in the hospital without knowing that the war was over. Each night, they rise from their graves and go to reinforce Lee in Virginia to strengthen the weakened southern forces. The next night, 
the laundress slipped out of bed to watch the army of the dead pass by. She stood spellbound by the window as a grey fog rolled past. Within the fog, she could see the shapes of horses, and could hear gruff human voices and the rumble of cannons being dragged through the street, followed by the sound of marching feet. Foot soldiers, horsemen, ambulances, wagons, and cannons passed before her eyes, all shrouded in grey. After what seemed like hours, she heard a far-off bugle blast, and then silence. When the laundress came out of her daze, she found one of her arms was paralyzed. She has never done a full day's washing since. Story 3, Backseat Maniac There's a girl driving along I-70 on the way back to Colorado after visiting her relatives in Illinois. It's about 1 a.m. and it starts raining when she realizes she's almost out of gas. She sees a sign for a gas station about three miles ahead and breathes a sigh of relief. But when she gets there she sees it's one of those old run-down family-owned gas stations. She's scared to stop but she really has no other choice. As she pulls in, an old man with a disfigured face comes running through the rain. He puts the pump in the tank and asks for her credit card. She hands it to him over the top of the window and he runs back inside. After a few seconds he comes back out and tells the girl she will have to come inside, her card has been denied. Reluctantly, she walks inside. The old man grabs her and tries to tell her something but she hits him with a can of oil sitting on the counter. She runs back to her car and takes off with the old man screaming and flailing his arms at her. After driving for a few miles she turns on the radio and starts to relax. As she looks in the rearview mirror, she sees someone pop up in the back seat holding an axe above their head. It's the last thing she ever sees. Apparently, the old man at the gas station was trying to warn her. Story 4, Doggy Lick Ever since Julie was a little girl, when she got scared, she would put her hand under her bed and her dog would lick her hand to comfort her. One night, Julie's parents left for an out-of-town trip. After watching television for a few hours, Julie went to bed. She was kind of scared sleeping with no one home, after trying to fall asleep she heard a whimpering sound, almost like a puppy whining. She put her hand under her bed and her hand got licked. So she tried to fall asleep again. Then she heard it again, the whimpering sound, so she put her hand under her bed and her hand got licked. She finally fell asleep and was waken up in the morning to the sound of her dog barking in the backyard. He had been outside all night long. Story 5, The Girl Who Stood on a Grave Some boys and girls were at a party one night. There was a graveyard down the street, and they were talking about how scary it was. Don't ever stand on a grave after dark. One of the boys said. The person inside will grab you. He'll pull you under. That's not true, one of the girls said. It's just a superstition. I'll give you a dollar if you stand on a grave, said the boy. A grave doesn't scare me, said the girl. I'll do it right now. The boy handed her his knife. Stick this knife in one of the graves, he said. Then we'll know you were there. The graveyard was filled with shadows and was as quiet as death. There is nothing to be scared of, the girl told herself, but she was scared anyway. She picked out a grave and stood on it. 
Then quickly she bent over and plunged the knife into the soil and started to leave. But she couldn't get away. Something was holding her back. She tried a second time to leave, but she couldn't move. She was filled with terror. Something has got me, she screamed, and she fell to the ground. When she didn't come back, the others went to look for her. They found her body sprawled across the grave. Without realizing it, she had plunged the knife through her skirt and had pinned it to the ground. It was only the knife that had held her. She had died of fright. Story 6, The Phantom Patient The ambulance company that I used to work for had a haunted ambulance we called Rig 12. A lot of EMTs had stories about it, but I never put much stock in paranormal stuff. That is, until I had my own experience with Rig 12. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3 a.m., and it was pitch dark and completely quiet. We were both dozing, I was in the driver's seat, and she was in the passenger seat. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought my partner was talking. I told her I was trying to sleep and closed my eyes. I distinctly heard a male voice say, Oh my God, am I dying, followed by a few seconds of heavy breathing. My partner and I sat up straight and looked back into the patient compartment, where it sounded like the voice had come from. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds, then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss, as if it was leaking. I turned on the lights, and we ran out of the rig. I thought a transient might have climbed in while we were asleep, so we opened the rear doors. No one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles, neither was opened. We didn't sleep much after that. Story 7, The Impish Ghost My neighbor Diane and I had a playful poltergeist for years, and we called it Billy. I'd come home and find something put in a weird place, milk in a cupboard, toilet paper in the fridge, laundry detergent in the bathtub. Diane once called to ask if Billy had been around, because she couldn't find a gallon of milk. We finally found it outside on her back steps. And sugar, darn sugar. Every morning, my sugar bowl was empty. When I'd had enough, I would point to Diane's home and yell, Go see Diane. Within five minutes, I'd get a call from her. Thanks a lot, she'd say. He'd gone and pulled shenanigans at her place. This occurred for the entire two years we lived there. No one believed us not even our husbands. My mother thought someone was stealing from us when we were sleeping or out of the house. My sister believed something was going on, but didn't know what. I still can't explain any of it. Story 8, The Eerie Attic A few years ago, I moved into a one-bedroom apartment in Melbourne, Australia, it was my first time living on my own. The apartment block had been built in the 1930s. I'd been there for a few months when I came home from work one day and went into the bathroom. I saw something strange, a wooden board, which had covered a hole in the ceiling that led to a small attic space, lay fractured in two pieces on the ground. I examined the pieces. The board was an inch thick, and it would have taken Bruce Lee to break it. I thought the landlord had sent someone to work on the attic. I was frozen stiff with fear. Someone is up there for sure I thought. I emailed pictures to the landlord, 
asking if anyone had been there. She replied please call me as soon as you are able to. I called, and she explained that her last two tenants had said the same thing happened. She promised to replace the board, and she did. A month later, I woke up one night around 4 a.m. My body was covered in goosebumps. It felt like someone was rubbing his or her hands on me. Everything was silent, but then I heard a dragging sound coming from above my bed. It was as if someone was pulling a sack of potatoes. I froze, convinced someone was up there. There is no way an animal could make that sound. After five minutes, I worked up the courage to turn on the light, armed myself with a cricket bat, and walked to the bathroom. That's when I saw that the new board covering the hole was broken in two. I felt sick. The dragging sound had stopped. But I heard something else whispering. The sound was clear and coming from the attic. It sounded like children's voices, and I could hear one sentence repeated over and over, It's your turn. It's your turn. I switched on every light in the apartment to make things feel normal. It was 5 a.m. and dark outside. I watched TV to try to unwind. Then a fuse blew. My pet Dexter, whom I kept in the kitchen, usually never made a sound at night, but he started squawking like he was being strangled. I'd never heard him make those sorts of noises. I grabbed my car keys, ran out, sat in my car, and waited there until the sun came up. When I saw people walking their dogs, this comforted me enough to go back in. The front door was open, but I figured I might have forgotten to close it when I ran out. I went to the kitchen to check on Dexter, but he wasn't in his cage. I felt sick again. All my windows were closed, so I looked everywhere inside. When I walked to the bathroom, I heard splashing. Dexter was half drowned in the toilet. I took him out, washed him, and dried him. I was so confused. At 8 a.m., I called the landlord and gave her a watered-down version of the night. Oh, wow, you heard the whispering too, she said. I stayed in that apartment for another 18 months. I heard the whispering on a few occasions, and twice the board covering the hole in the ceiling moved. Although I live elsewhere now, the landlord recently called. She said that her new tenants had begged to speak with me about some of the stuff that's been going on there. Forget it, it's their problem now. Story 9, The Boy With No Eyes One night when I was 10, I was waken up by my bedroom door opening, followed by someone sitting on my bed, I felt my leg grazed and the bed sink under a person's weight. It's just mom I thought, and I opened my eyes. It was not my mom. I found an eyeless boy, he had black empty sockets. He was about my age, and he was sitting at the foot of my bed. He extended his hand, he was holding a little box. I was startled but reached out. He pulled back. I reached again and said, give it to me. Then I blinked, and when I reopened my eyes, he was gone. But I could still see the imprint where he'd sat on my bed. Fast forward five years. My girlfriend came over to do homework. After she finished, she took a nap while she waited for her parents. When they arrived, I tried waking her up. She opened her eyes suddenly, looking up at a corner where the wall met the ceiling.
she pointed there and went back to sleep. I shook her again. She came to full consciousness, and I explained what she'd done. She looked haunted. Up on the wall, I saw a little boy with no eyes. He was there, in a Spider-Man pose, staring at me. I freaked out and told her my story about the same kid. Fast forward another five years. I was with the same girlfriend, and we had a two-year-old. We were living in my parents' house, in my old room. My daughter started waking up at the same time every night, and she'd talk. After a while, I noticed she had almost the same conversation every night. I playfully asked her once whom she was talking to. She said, it's a little boy. He's nice. He's lost and looking for his mommy. My daughter's nightly conversations continued until we got our own place later that year. Story 10, The Ghost of Frederick Jordan This real-life ghost story concerns a man named Frederick Jordan, who held one of the most lonely and desolate jobs in existence. Jordan was the lighthouse keeper for Penfield Reef Lighthouse off the coast of Fairfield, Connecticut. Built in 1874, the lighthouse was primarily a way of warning ships of a treacherous hidden reef that was responsible for more than its fair share of harbor accidents. In 1916, Frederick Jordan was the head lighthouse keeper. Tragically, he drowned in a boating accident just before Christmas of 1916, when he was caught in a gale while rowing home to see his family. Ever since then, lighting and equipment malfunctions in the lighthouse have been blamed on Jordan's spiritual presence. But even more chilling is that keepers of the Penfield Reef Lighthouse often find the lighthouse logbook open to the day Jordan died. And locals have recounted witnessing an unidentifiable figure appearing on the water to help stray boats find their way to safety near the reef. If you would like to become a Brave the Basement ghoul, be sure to share this show on social media. Go to bravethebasement.weebly.com and sign up for our newsletter to get all the latest news and updates when each episode has been posted. If you have a ghost story you would like to share, you could reach us at bravethebasement at gmail.com. Your story could make it on the show and be featured on the website. You can also submit your story on Reddit under the subreddit Brave the Basement or in the YouTube comment section. If you have an eerie ghost photo you would like to share, please email us and include a description and your photo could be added to our photo gallery. And that brings us to the end. We hope that we brought you just a little fright. And remember when you were up late at night and you hear something in the other room that just doesn't seem right. It's okay if you need to turn on the light to protect yourself from things to go bump in the night. I'm your host, The Ghoul That Rules, and I hope you join us again. Until next time.